two young quarterbacks in the NFC North, Justin Fields and Jordan Love. And they're kind of trending in opposite directions. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Tuesday Fantasy Forum, as we always do here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans? It is Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for being here with us again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms as well as on YouTube. It's Tuesday here on Locked On NFL. So you've got myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA, host of Locked On Saints, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, host of Locked On Vikings. Luke, glad to be back here with you. And as you mentioned We have two quarterbacks in a division that you're very familiar with in the NFC North, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, these two guys heading in what feels like completely opposite directions. Let's (laughs) start off with the guy that didn't get the W tonight in the Monday night football game. The uh, the, 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 uh, Chicago Bears fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. The Chicago Bears fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Justin Fields Looked like he did pretty well. What was your take on Justin Fields over this game? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was an up and down game for him, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I'm obviously an extremely biased fan. I wish ill upon the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, as <laughs> is my Detroit constitutional Lions. right. And, well, I don't need to with the Lions. <laughs> but as is my constitutional right, I wish ill upon these franchises. But, like, I don't wish ill upon, like, the people. Like, right. it's always more fun to see football players succeed, even when they're on arrival. That's maybe controversial, but that's me. Um... <laughs> So with Fields, he had, I I thought he figured it out as the game went along. The whole thing with Fields has been the like operations of football, right? Mm -hmm. Like getting to the line of scrimmage, getting the protection set and setting the correct protection and communicating everything correctly to everybody and making the the right read on an RPO and stuff like that. Um, Those sorts of things that you sort of take it for granted with more experienced quarterbacks. And he doesn't have that down yet. Totally okay that he doesn't have that down yet. Um, First half of your rookie year, you know, a lot of quarterbacks don't have that down yet. He's got time to figure it out. Um, But that's kind of been what's holding that offense back in addition to the problems with like the offensive like architecture and stuff that we can talk Mm -hmm. about another time. But in this game, in the first half, those things were rearing their ugly heads. The the Bears just seemed completely out of sorts. They had no rhythm. They had nothing going on there. Um, And then as the game kind of went on, as the Bears got into this big deficit, things sort of loosened up. And I think a lot of that is... The the texture of a game changes when you're down 20 to six, the defense starts playing a little softer, you know, they start um, that there isn't quite as much complexity to stuff. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit more conducive to a schoolyard manner of play. And that's what Justin Fields wants to do. Um, And Bears fans should be very excited that they have the kind of quarterback that can bring them back into a game that they're losing 20 to six. And I think once he gets those operational things down, then you can start to design things that take care uh, that take advantage of all his talent and stuff. And they're like, you you can see a window into the future here, even though the game didn't go the way the bears want. Um, you can, you can see it, you can find it. And he just needs to get that operational stuff down a little bit more where I I won't be worried about that stuff until it's year two and it still happens. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I, I'm, I know I'm like more patient probably than most football fans about that kind of thing. <laughs> like I'm okay with a, with a down year as a rookie year, you know? Um, but once that stuff stops happening, then I think the bears might have something here. And yeah. I think they need to make some changes, huge changes on their offense, like schematically, but again, different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, but I think the, the focus being on Justin Fields here, who completed 17 of 29 in this game, 291 yards, he had a touchdown and an interception, uh, and of course, the the Bears fall in this game, twenty seven to twenty nine. Though they came back and did retake or or take a lead late in the game, twenty seven to twenty six. Mm-hmm. I think you saw a lot of positive things from Justin Fields that make you feel like his his sort of ceiling is so much higher, and, or is as high as he as was anticipated coming into right. you know his NFL career, right? Because you can he's see exactly. Him- to use a Bears meme, he's exactly yeah. who we thought he was. He's exactly who we thought he was. <laughs> it's great because you see him as somebody that operates very well out of structure. He's very comfortable in that. He does that schoolyard play, as you mentioned. But I think he does a lot of things in structure well also. I mean, you look at the big play, the big pass that he got down the sideline to Allen Robinson. First of all, how exciting is it to see Allen Robinson with a quarterback that can actually throw the ball to him? Pretty yeah, great. Beautiful to see that. slot fade. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Everything about that, the execution, the throw. And that was in a pocket that was protected for him. It was a timing route. He was able to step into that throw. He was able to get it where it needed to be, put the ball in a place where his playmaker could go out there and make it. You love to see that. And that is an example of him doing that within structure the touchdown pass to darnell mm-hmm. mooney great ball placement on the outside working him toward the sideline we saw him come up short on a very similar play later on or earlier on in the game uh, on one of those out routes and so i think when you see all of those pieces you can see that justin fields is in a good place and his trajectory is moving forward which is exactly what the chicago bears need I agree. There are things offensively around Justin Fields that need to change to continue to support what it is that he brings and how he impacts and changes your franchise. Lauren Cox locked on Bears laid it all out once the the Bears drafted Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That Justin Fields was going to be somebody that if he became who they thought he was going to become, that he would change the complexion of the Chicago Bears offense as a whole. That process is still yet to happen, but they have what they need in order for that process to get started, which is the young quarterback that has a ton of potential ahead of him in Justin Fields. Yeah, I I just want to see it more consistently. I think he's trending up, right? But I want to see it more. You know, that slot fade was beautiful. There were a lot of other deep passes that he missed. For sure. And and I think what we saw in this game, the reason the Bears lost this game, and you can complain all you want about the refs, Bears fans, please do. (laughs) Like, that was horrible. Let it all out. We understand. For sure. But to me, the reason the Bears lost this game is because we found out that while the one drive at the end was exciting, it doesn't do enough to overcome the four drives at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and that is where the, the Bears kind of lost this game in the first half. And yeah, they almost overcame it. And if it were for, weren't for bad officiating, maybe they would have. But they were in that situation to begin with of kind of their own doing. Yeah. Um, so it's there, there's a lot to talk about with Justin Fields. We could talk about the Steelers, too. I know we kind of focused more on the Bears in this. Steelers fans can probably be happy that A, they won the game, and B, you had the Pat Freemuth breakout game, a couple of oh. touchdowns for him. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Man. Man, and of course, lots of great stuff from that Steelers defense as well. T.J. Watt continues oh, yeah. to look incredible. I mean, dominating that O line all yeah. day, like they should, like they're like you expect them mm-hmm. to, right? 
Speaking of the big boys, it's eating season. It's November. Yeah. That's Thanksgiving season, and it's time to take in a gajillion calories. But look, that feels kind of bad. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you don't want to fall off the wagon. This is the most dangerous minefield time of year, and that makes it the perfect time for Built Bars. You're craving something late? Have a Built Bar. One slice of pie has, like, 300 calories in it, and that's, like, low end. Most yeah. Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate, delicious, all sorts of awesome flavors like coconut cream pie or raspberry that can replace some of those traditional thanksgiving cravings that you might get. Satisfy the craving, but don't feel like crap about it. <laughs> that is what Built Bar can get to you. And they have new surprises coming all month. Uh, like three or four days at a time, a new limited time offer. So check built.com often because those limited time flavors are absolutely the best ones. You're definitely not going to want to miss out coconut on that. coconut brownie chunk season. Absolutely. It's happening. <laughs> there is nothing. I'm not even a coconut guy, and that is delicious. Uh, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday either. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, continuing on with this Tuesday episode of Locked On NFL. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to check out your favorite uh, team show as well. Luke is here, Locked On NFL, as well as Locked On Vikings. I'm here, Locked On Saints, whatever your favorite team is. We've got you covered as well, so make sure you check out your local shows as you go through. Now, we talked a bit, uh, Luke, about Justin Fields, the upward trajectory that he's headed in. Now, let's talk about the other guy in the NFC North, the Ooh, other let's. quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to – I want to let you have this one <laughs> for a little bit because I know how much you, – you've done some great work here, first of all, but also this can be fun. Uh, Jordan Love, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers, what's the direction that you feel like – Jordan Love is heading in. Yeah, no, I, again, I wish ill upon the Packers. I, it is my right to wish ill upon the Packers. I would expect them to wish ill upon the Vikings in return. That yeah. said, it brings me great joy to report that Jordan Love did not look very good on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's the deal. He had some moments. I, I think I saw one Packers analyst call him like a Rorsch, call it like a Rorschach test game. Mm, and I think mm -hmm. that makes sense if you're trying really hard to believe in just in Jordan Love. Yeah. Um, because he had some moments, he had some like runaround plays. He had a few good throws and you could say, Ooh, there it is. There's that talent. Um, but here's what I saw from trying to be as like neutral as possible about it. And then being really happy with the answer I got, um, <laughs> but trying to be as neutral as possible. I saw a team that did not believe in the person under center. Mm. Um, they operated a lot of really, really simple concepts. Um, you know, a lot of like quick kind of one man reads, you know, one player in conflict kind of stuff. Um, they had a, a lot of shorter passes and a, a ton of run game, right? They yep. were protecting that quarterback and kind of like Justin Fields, Jordan Love really struggled with that operational stuff. I actually think those two quarterbacks are struggling with a lot of the same things, getting the protection mm -hmm. set, getting to the line of scrimmage, communicating everything to everybody, having miscommunications and stuff. And I think most concerningly, Jordan Love had accuracy issues. Big so time. that... And, and that was a thing for him coming out of college. That was a thing that, like, you have to fix. Yeah. Now, with Jordan, with, with Justin Fields, I kind of go, hey, look, you know, it's like game eight, what, or it's game five for him or whatever. I'm okay with that. And this was Jordan Love's first start, but it's year two for him. You kind of hoped that he would have be a little bit more comfortable with an offense that he's been in for a year. Um, I, again, first time ever actually going out and operating it. But 
just the way the Packers have approached this whole thing when Aaron Rodgers is holding out in the offseason and stuff is so starkly different from the way they approached the transition between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. When Brett Favre was acting up in 2008, summer of 2008, the Packers basically said, okay, bye. We have Aaron Rodgers. We're happy with him. And obviously that turned out great. But with, uh, with, with Jordan Love, they're going, Rodgers will do anything to have right. you back in the offseason. And that always kind of was a red flag for me. And now watching how they approach this game against arguably the worst defense in the league, and they kind of turtled and played a really conservative and a really like kind of, they played the the Chiefs like you would play like an elite defense. Mm-hmm. And that sets off more alarm bells to me. Yeah, Agree with my analysis or not, I'm just some dude. The way the Packers are behaving is like highly concerning. Yeah, that was the big thing for me. I felt like Jordan Love coming into this game, looking at what he did at Utah State, and I spent a lot of time evaluating Jordan Love coming into the NFL draft because the New Orleans Saints were kind of in this weird, you know, quarterback. Right, you're looking for the successor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't as clear sort of an answer as there might have been, you know, as as there could have been. And so Jordan Love was somebody whose name continued to come up. So I watched a lot of his tape and everything. And the stuff that he did well were, you know, quick passes, quick timing routes, things like that, and then schoolyard, right? Improv, Mm -hmm. out of structure, all those other things. But what you saw the Green Bay Packers do, even though they did go to the quick pass game a little bit, and you saw him sort of get into the timing patterns after a little while when he completed, I believe it was nine passes in a row at one point getting into the fourth quarter, but or getting into the second half, but you didn't see a game plan that felt like it was very comfortable with Jordan Love, right? That Jordan Love could take this offense and march them down the field or make something happen with the ball in his hands. It just didn't feel like that trust was there. And for me, the huge, most concerning piece around Jordan Love was ball placement. And like you mentioned, it was something that you observed as you scouted and looked at him coming out of Utah State and into the NFL draft. And a year later, now that he's had time to work and be with these receivers, work with this system, mm-hmm. all of that. To NFL still, coaching. Right, right. To still have those types of issues, blatant ball placement issues, too high, too low, mm-hmm. on the outside, behind, all of it, turnover-worthy plays out the wazoo, like all of it there. That, to me, was what was p- probably most concerning around all of it. So I see very much what you're saying. I wish that the Green Bay Packers would have been in a situation so they would have felt a little bit more comfortable utilizing him to his strengths as opposed to sort of trying to hide him in a way. But he very much was out there and sort of game planned around the way that you would if you said, okay, now you have to go from being the clipboard holder, the procedural second quarterback guy who's on the roster because we have to have you on the roster to being a starting quarterback as opposed to the potential heir apparent in the quarterback situation that this team potentially faces as soon as this offseason. So here's the next level of all of this. What yeah. do you do as you know when you have these two coaches, Matt LaFleur, who usually if I were to ask somebody whose shoes would you rather be in, Matt LaFleur right. or Matt Nagy, the answer is almost always Matt LaFleur. But with these two quarterbacks, doesn't it feel like Matt Nagy is kind of in the better situation right now with Justin I mean, Fields as opposed to Jordan Love? Right. The, the the Chicago Bears coaching seat is in a better situation, but it's mm-hmm. kind of hot right now. Right. Because, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Matt Nagy's not going to be here to reap these to to 
reap the spoils, right? Right. Um, but it does seem like whoever is the next head coach of the Chicago Bears gets to inherit this quarterback that I think you can make something out of it. So I see what you're saying there. But yeah, I, I think of a lot of times when I'm trying to evaluate a team, I think, what do I do if I'm Matt LaFleur or if I'm Matt Nagy or if I'm Mike Zimmer from doing the Vikings? Um, you know, what do I do? Or if I'm in the room, what do I say? Mm-hmm. And what do I suggest? And, and it, let's say we go to the offseason. Things break down between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Trade him to Denver, right? Let's say that right. situation goes down. And if you are uh, Goot Kunst, if you are Matt LaFleur, mm-hmm. are you just rolling into 2022 with Jordan Love? Right. I don't think you can. You're I probably you drafting have to get, a quarterback. Yeah, or you yeah. have to get Teddy back in that trade, right? Get right. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> back in that trade and have some kind of competition or something. Like, it feels like you are not just rolling confidently in with this next guy. And I think that might be the most damning way to put it Mm. because the Packers, you might say, well, it was just one game, man, but the Packers have to make this decision off of one game. If Aaron Rodgers decides he's leaving in this off season, they don't get any more information unless Rodgers gets hurt or something. He's playing out the year. You don't get any more Jordan love sample than this. So you have to go off of this information and whatever we saw in practice, which obviously didn't inspire the Packers very much, (laughs) very much at all. It kind of feels like the Packers are in the quarterback market after Rodgers leaves. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that they wouldn't be based upon what we have seen so far. Uh, look, this is this is incredibly intriguing. This is going to be very intriguing getting into the offseason as well, depending upon this. what happens on Aaron Rodgers. I have one more question for you. You mentioned that sometimes you put yourself in Mike Zimmer's shoes. Are we going to see Mike Zimmer as the Raiders coach next season? Is that what we're expecting yes. here? Yeah, okay, great. Okay, yeah, I, he's <laughs> in a really, really hot seat. For people who don't follow the Vikings, he's like his job is like doomed unless they make the playoffs. And but eight year coach, pretty well respected around the league, could totally see him getting hey, a second shot, Andy Reid style. Good thing, good thing. The NFC in its entirety had it a complete meltdown in week nine. That helps. So getting to the playoffs, yeah. maybe not that bad, not that big a chore any longer. In that the helps. NFC. You know what else is a chore? Getting What's gas. That? Oh, hate it. Getting gas is annoying and the prices are going up and all that stuff. But what if I told you you could save a little bit of money with a free app called GetUpside on Google Play or the App Store, right? You download the app. They will tell you gas stations around your area where you can save money up to 25 cents a gallon. Just go to that pump, tell the app which pump you did and or which which gas station you used and the money will just show up in your account a day or two later. You can cash out however you want. Uh, PayPal, just direct deposit into your bank, whatever you prefer. You can cash out anytime you want. No strings attached, none of that weird stuff. And if you enter promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up, that's up to 50 cents per gallon. That's twice as much. 50 cents off a gallon. $4 a gallon becomes three fifty. That feels so much better. Oh, yeah. So get to the Get Upside app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Enter promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents a gallon. Once again, Get Upside app, promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. It is Tuesday, so it is time to dive into our Tuesday Fantasy Forum here on Locked On NFL. So joining Luke Braun and I is our good friend Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Of course, over at Locked On Cowboys, also Locked On Dynasty Football. Marcus, lots of running back news all around the NFL. I have a vested interest in one in particular, though, that I want to ask you about. I happen to be a very pleased James Conner fantasy owner. What can you tell us about James Conner and where he's trending right now? Yeah, you got to be very pleased right now if you have James (laughs) Conner in fantasy. So the latest news, Chase Edmonds, the starting running back in Arizona, out for the report is three to four weeks mm-hmm. uh, with a high ankle sprain. 
you guys both know high ankle sprains linger, especially mm-hmm. for running backs. I'm projecting this to be a five to six week injury. So that basically means James Conner is the running back going forward for the Cardinals. And he's really like a low end RB one. He's leading the NFL in touchdowns. We saw him get 25 touches against the 49ers uh, full steam ahead for James Conner. I gotta yeah, love and- it. Hey, I, I want to say just real quick too, um, high ankle sprains, they tend to go from three to four weeks, but I'll tell you, I am recently experiencing or presently experiencing a high ankle sprain that has gone into an entire season. So you just never know with these things. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I feel like they can not only keep you out, but if you do come in, you're got, you're on a pitch count. And then that means that James Conner is on the other is, is still reaping whatever, so you don't have from that pitch count. We should talk about this really quickly because a lot of trade deadlines are coming up in your fantasy league. So is this a good time to buy James Conner? I know you're buying high after all the touchdowns. My answer would be, yeah, I, I don't see mm-hmm. any reason why it. the production won't continue. We've seen him be an RB1 before, right? When he was with mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's on an offense that is going to have a million goal line touches. If you need a running back because maybe you lost Derrick Henry or you drafted Saquon Barkley earlier in your drafts, I think James Conner is a great guy to go out and try to get now before he even gets more work in Arizona. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I want to know about uh, a, a, a hashtag old friend of uh, both mine and Ross's. That's right. So Adrian, we talked a little bit last week about Adrian Peterson. Comes in, scores a touchdown. With him and Jeremy McNichols, what do we make of this new Titans backfield now that we've seen it for a week without Derrick Henry? Yeah, I don't love it. So this is a game that Peterson should have played really well, right? That's a positive game script for Tennessee. They were basically leading the entire time, and it was 10 carries for 21 yards. Not really used as a receiver. Now, he did get you a touchdown, so he might have gotten you. might vulture more, right? I think so, but, man, if he's just not giving you anything as a receiver and he's only averaging two or three yards per carry – I just don't think we're going to be all that interested here. So if you have a chance to flip him now to somebody who's a little bit more optimistic about him long-term, I would do that. Is there yeah, concern that this like, like, fans in here. <laughs> <laughs> is there concern at all that like as a running, you know, someone looking for a running back that the Tennessee Titans are going to shift from a run focus to a passing focus, knowing that they have guys like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones at their disposal? Yeah, I mean, I think rational coaching would make that seem very likely, right? Like, why stick with a running game when you don't have Derrick Henry to hand the ball off to? I think the mm-hmm. Titans are going to become more pass-happy. I do think they were going to want to stay balanced, but they just don't have the dudes to do it right now. I- I'm not a believer that Adrian Peterson is suddenly going to find the fountain of youth there in Tennessee, so... I think this is a good time to kind of sell high if you picked him up off your waivers last week. Absolutely. Are, are there speaking any... of the Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go we're going to ask the same question. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of waivers, who else we got if we have if we're dealing with injuries, if we need guys by week still going strong. Yeah, let's stay on running backs because I think there's somebody out there that's very intriguing and that's Eno uh, Benjamin for the Cardinals. Now, we just talked about James Conner being an RB1 and how you want to go out and trade for him. We were already seeing this year that you know, that backfield can support multiple running backs. Eno Benjamin is a really interesting guy who had a monster touchdown run this year. Uh, he can be, you know, used out of the backfield. And I don't think it's going to cost a lot to go get him. So somebody who's going to play some snaps over the next two months. And we know that James Conner isn't the most durable running back ever. I think Benjamin is a pretty good speculative pickup this week. 
Are there any players that you're looking at with trade deadlines on the way that maybe had really exciting first first halves of the season, but might not be able to uphold their production? So maybe trying to sell them and move on from them could be a good idea here as you get into the second half of the season. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think DeAndre Swift is the name for me because mm-hmm. I just don't know how much longer the Titans are, or excuse me, the Lions are going to be able to give him, you know, eight to nine receptions every single game. I think that Detroit situation is going to continue to get worse and worse. As we get closer to December and the final few weeks of the season's playoff season or playoff uh, games for us, I think they're going to start shutting these guys down to preserve that number one pick. I think DeAndre Swift is somebody I would be a little bit leery of right now uh, before the trade deadline. Ooh, Detroit Lions hashtag tanking all the way. I love it. Yeah, I love you it. got my Lions dig out of the way for me. So, you know, <laughs> so we, we'll we'll, this is like it. the <laughs> NFC North trifecta, right? We talked about the Vikings already. We talked about right. an old friend, Adrian Peterson. Right. We just need to get a shot off right. at the Packers, right? Jordan Love's uh, not Do you it. pick up there Jordan Love? No. Are we doing yeah. this in Dynasty right now? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, this is a good thing. Go check out the Locked On Dynasty football podcast. We talked about go. this on Monday. There it is. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were trading a first-round pick for Jordan Love just like three days ago. And wow. now that we actually got to see him play in a game, his value has absolutely tanked. So, no, no. Jordan Love is somebody you do not want to be buying right now. Yikes. Wow. Gotta love that. Can't wait to check in with Peter Bukowski over at Locked on Packers about that one. <laughs> yes. He's fine. Don't worry <laughs> about Peter, that. Peter, I didn't okay. do it. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, thank you so much for hanging out, man, and giving us some waiver oh. advice. Of course. Anytime. Tomorrow on the show, James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, they're going to take care of you, talk about power rankings like they always do on Wednesdays on the Locked On NFL Podcast. And thank you so much for making the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, where they will also probably talk about the Monday Night Football game. They might talk about that weird taunting penalty or whatever they want over there. They're doing a great job covering everything from the national (laughs) angle. A daily podcast just like this one. So head on over, check that out. We'll see you all tomorrow here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.